Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. God is so heavy on revival fires. And it's quite remarkable the heaviness of God in the room. And at the front here, I'm aware that I'm standing in legacy. And I'm standing in righteous moves of God in history. But I'm also standing in a portal into the future of what is ahead of another move and another wave of the Spirit of God and of our breaking out. And I've been aware that I have felt this weekend a little bit like Stretch Armstrong without the muscles. And I've been pulled into the past but also pulled into the future. And my job has been as a prophet. I've had a very clear mandate by God. I haven't shared it publicly. I haven't shared it with anyone. But it was to draw the past and the future together. To pull what is your history of moves of God and of a breaking out that has gone before, but then to also stop the delay over what is meant to be another breaking out of the Spirit of God and to pull them forward, and we call that a Kairos moment. It is a synergy of your history and of your future. And the heaviness of God is only going to get heavier. And I felt the Spirit of God move towards you and magnetize himself towards you. And over and over and over again, he kept saying, revival fires, you're about to get heavy. Revival fires, you're about to get heavy. May that be in the spirit please only not in the body revival fires you are about to get heavy and there is a hovering of the spirit of God a brooding of his weight and God is saying you feel me hover but you're about to have me land and that is a very different thing where the spirit of God hovers in the atmosphere now he's saying I want to land and establish again a dwelling place. Truly it is an era, a day of habitation. Truly it is a dwelling season for you, revival fires. And the Lord says, what I start now will not dwindle away, says the Lord, for it shall be a continuous move of heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this, are you not to be the with out measure house says the Lord will you not be remarked as those who host my spirit without measure I want you to say to your neighbor without measure it is the without measure season without measure you're gonna have to know what it is to decree that John 3 says, for he gives the Spirit without measure. Oh, what a prophecy, what a truth right there. And the Lord says, see that I am about to pour out my Spirit without measure again in your midst. And there will be no limit on my power. There will be no rationing on my weighty glory. And there will be here again an immeasurable supply of my glory in your midst and the Lord says there is a greater glory there is a greater demonstration of my majesty says the Lord and the Lord says even from now it starts to pour out it starts to pour out it starts to pour out says the Spirit of God and the Lord says this O revival fires see that I am about to outwork my signature move among you which is making rivers in the desert is making rivers in the desert the Lord says not my signature move my expertise is using a wilderness place a place that seems desolate 
and making it a valley of transformation. And I heard him quote verse after verse after verse in the night. Isaiah 41, 18. I will make rivers flow on barren heights. I will make springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water. And I will turn the parched ground into springs. Isaiah 43, 19. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Isaiah 43, 20. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the, and the owls, because I give water in the wilderness. To Kings 4, 1 to 7, the widow's oil story where God fills what is empty and provides where there is lack. Ezekiel 37, 7 to 10, he turns dry bones into an army. Genesis 1, 2, he designs, he measures and creates a world out of water and darkness and an empty earth. Genesis 2, 7, he makes man out of dust. Isaiah 61, he gives beauty for ashes and joy for mourning. He gives us portions and an inheritance for generations. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he makes us new creations. This is a day, the Lord says, revival fires, where you are going to become a river in the desert. Let me just give you a top tip. I get the honor of traveling around the world, and really it is an honor. It's not that glamorous at all. It is an honor, especially in what I do as a prophet, because it, look, can I be really frank with you? Being a prophet does feel like standing naked in front of a congregation and sharing every vulnerable detail of your life, because it's so measurable. It is a very vulnerable call to have. And so I get the honor of traveling around the world and laying my life and my portion at the feet of those who invite me. And it's a joy. And I get to be in places, and, and there are many places where there is a move of God or the potential of a move of God. And I've witnessed some things and been aware of some things where I've watched the joyous stories where companies of people have tipped forward into a move of God, but then the tragic stories where the move of God was there, but people tipped backwards. They didn't get into the fullness of it. And I want to talk to you just about some things that um, I believe really will push you forward, if that makes sense. I think as Christians, we can be so caught up with daily life that we miss the potential of transformation that is always swirling around us. Let me say it a different way. You can be in the middle of massive change and not even realize it. And one of our great Achilles heels particularly of those of us who are charismatic, is that we can be so looking for the spectacular that we totally miss the significant. You can be so looking for a spectacular moment where everything seems to dazzle and shake and everything becomes right that we actually miss the significance of the middle space. And God does his best work in the middle. He does his best work in the middle. The middle of the lion's den for Daniel. The middle of the prison for Peter. The middle of the, bail, the, the belly of the whale for Jonah. It was in the middle of a boat. In the middle of a lake. In the middle of a storm for the disciples. And the Lord is saying this. Don't miss your transformation. Because you're, me you're measuring your life according to what is spectacular. Rather than according to what is significant. Isaiah 43, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, behold I will do a new thing. How many times have we quoted that to each other? Does anybody have a least favorite verse of the Bible? <laughs> this is one of mine, just because we quote it a lot. It's true, but we quote it all the time. But when you read it in root form, it more accurately says this. 
If you disconnect from what has been, then behold, I will offer you something new. I will offer you something that is fresh and you must lay hold of it. It's not behold, I'm doing a new thing. It is if you disconnect from the past, I will give you the opportunity to host something new. And God is putting an opportunity for something wild and something new before you. And the occupation of it is your responsibility. And I saw God present a move of God in front of you. And he said, you you get to choose. You get to choose. You get to welcome it. And it's easy to be in something good and then to let it slip into something stale because the thing that God offers us that's fresh is not occupied. And the Lord is saying, look, I want you to see that I am offering you something new as a house. And it is a something new to become a people who host my spirit without measure says the Lord and he says I offer you something new will you lay hold of it will you take me up on it says the spirit of God because I have called you to be a people who host me without measure and the Lord says you are about to become heavy You're about to become heavy, heavy with wisdom, heavy with revelation, heavy with the fear of the Lord, heavy with wonder, heavy with joy, heavy with power, heavy with togetherness, heaviness with heavy with belonging, heavy with healing, powers, signs and wonders. And the Lord says, what I'm about to do will make your history look small. What I'm about to do will make your history look small. Look, I preach as a prophet, as you can tell, not as a teacher. And so my job as a revelator, my job is that when I start to prophesy and communicate, I am clearing a way for you to enter the revelation with me. I kind of feel like an explorer with a machete in the forest or in the jungle, and I am making sure that there is a way clear for you. And so when I speak, I am hauling you in to encounter the reality of the revelation I bring. And so as my words go out, I want my words to become like a sword that clears a way the jungle in your spiritual sight, the wilderness that is before you, everything that stops you from seeing the wood from the trees. And when I prophesy, I am very intentionally in my spirit putting on you not just an ability to hear a prophetic word, but to partake in revelation that you might not just hear something that sounds good, but you might see and partake in it and for it to be established in you. And so these words, I want you to know as I speak them out, you might think, I have no idea what that prophet is talking about. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all the prophets were confusing at times. But you've got to say, look, my spirit will catch what I need. And my job isn't so much to make you understand everything, although I love clarity, and to make everything really clear and concise and simple. But my job is to speak words that seed something in you that for years you will benefit a harvest from. And so even some of these words, you might go, oh, that doesn't make sense. Or, oh, I can't quite see where that lands. But it lands in your spirit. I've been watching. I changed what I was actually going to say earlier this morning because of yesterday. I've been watching such a favor of God roll into this house. I've been watching such favor on both of you, Trevor and Sharon, for nations, but also for generations. And I've watched on both of you, Anna and Ryan, such favor for regions and for this territory roll in. And there is such a favor of God. And I've watched a favor on many of you. I can see it on most in the room. Favor, 
for leadership. There is favor to lead. And the problem is you're living like you're not favored because you're measuring it by your circumstances rather than by the Spirit. And my job is to give you a right good kick so that you start to live like you're favored. Why? Because you are. You are favored. And some of you are pushing yourself out of favor because you're complaining about your circumstances rather than spending your favor to see them changed. Psalm 55 verse 6. This is my favorite verse in the Bible because it is so dramatic and it sounds like me on a Monday morning after a weekend at church sometimes. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. This is David. He's feeling the pressures of the throne. And he's thinking, I just want to resign God. Can I resign from my call? And he doesn't just do it in a simple way where he's going, God, I don't think I can do this anymore. He's being prophetic and he's being dramatic and he's being pathetic. And he's saying, I just want to grow wings and fly away and be at rest. Anyone ever felt like that? Some of you are lying to me. You feel like that right now. David was under pressure. He had ascended the throne. He was in the right place. He was doing the right thing, yet he was resisted, so he wanted to quit. And he wished that he could just escape this terror-filled situation and go back to the wilderness where things seemed a little bit easier. And it's likely that David probably wrote this under the stress and intrigues of power once he came to the throne. And he probably longed for simpler days. Yet greatly opposed, he was in the place that favor had put him. But he let his weakness speak louder than the favor of God and he wanted to escape. An old writer tells us it would have been more honorable for him to ask for the strength of an ox to bear his burdens rather than the wings of a dove to flee from them. And the Lord says this, you're in a season where the, you're in a time where misunderstanding your call and misunderstanding your season will make you feel like you want to quit again and again and again. The Lord says, know when it's actually failure and know when it's just shifting favor says the Lord. And the Lord is saying, this is a season where you need to be resensitized to favor because favor is shifting. And the Lord says this, at all costs, follow favor and flee from where there is not favor, says the Lord. And the Lord says this, do not internalize the season and make a you issue out of what is just favor moving from one thing to another. And I could hear the Lord click his fingers. He does this often with me. And he said this, at the click of my fingers, I can shift favor. Follow it, follow favor, be brave to end that which no longer carries favor, be brave to admit that some things are favored and some things just are not favored and the Lord says do not put your energy behind where I'm not putting my favor says the Lord anymore. Know and be wise to be in the place where my favor is and not in the place where my favor isn't says God and you need to be resensitized right now to the favor of God because many of you have been in a time where you have felt useless and you have wondered about quitting, you have wondered about resigning and God says it's not a, it's not a case of whether or not you're usable or not, you're just in a place where there isn't favor, move from it says God. Some of you are in roles, some of you are in places of responsibility that you have held for years and all of a sudden you feel totally useless. And the Lord says you're not useless, you're just not favored there anymore. My favor is moving to increased territory, which means you better follow it and you better shift towards it. Favor um, is defined in the Strong's Concordance 
as graciousness, benefit, liberty, pleasure. There is something worthy about where you are. In the Old Testament, it means beautiful, best, better than where you are, bountiful, cheerful. It means to be glad. It means to be gracious. It is a ready, prosperous, wealthy place where you are able to be well. Can I give you the psalm interpretation of that? Favor is being resourced by God. Favor is being resourced and backed by God. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this, we are coming into a season in the earth where giftedness and training will not be enough. To be effective, you will need to be favored. And you will need to ask for favor and contend for favor. For the hinge pin moments of your leadership, the hinge pin moments of your breakthroughs will turn this year more on my favor than on your giftedness, says the Spirit of God. Follow favor in 2024. And some of you have been so in a place for years where favor has not been present, that you don't even know what it is to be favored anymore. You think everything just needs to be a hard slog uphill. But let me take some ideas about favor and hopefully shoot them. I think we have a really unhealth, unhealthy, unhelpful idea of favor, the favor of God, where we think favor means ease. Favor means everything is easy. I don't see that in the Bible. Favor for Abraham was the land of famine and of tyranny. Favor for Joshua was the land of giants and of war. Favor for Esther was the king's court where there was some opposition. Favor for Paul was the prison. Oh, and favor for Christ was the cross. Favor is about the right place. Favor is about the right thing. Favor is about your assignment where God backs you for a purpose. Favor never once is about things being easy. And ironic that the season where you feel the most favor is often the season where you are also simultaneously the most opposed. I feel so favored right now, God, but I feel so resisted at the same time. And God says, that, that's because I favored you to get to this place to deal with that resistance. It's the whole point of favor. You're in the place where you're backed by God. Favor never once is the absence of opposition. Favor never once is the presence of ease. Favor, the Lord says, is where you are resourced by my spirit to grapple whatever situation you find yourself in. Favor is the reality where I train your hands for battle and I train your fingers for war. Favor is the place where you are enabled to overcome Favor, the Lord says, is having what it takes to resolve the assignment. And the Lord is saying to this house, you are about to come in to the most unusual and peculiar level of favor. And the Lord says, do not go slow when you feel resisted because resistance is a measure that you're actually very favored right now, says God. Measure your season by favor, not by success. I think as well, and this is me sharing very honestly about what favor feels like, we also sometimes think like favor feels like competency. Like if I'm favored, then surely I would have what it takes to do that assignment. Can I say, sometimes the favor of God puts you into a place where you feel so underqualified for Ask anybody who stewarded a move of God. Seriously, did you feel totally qualified for what God did and erupted and exploded in this place? Not necessarily, but you were totally favored. And so favor comes with it, this invitation into being spirit-led, leading by the spirit, because actually you can't lead by the flesh because you don't have what it takes. And some of you are in a place that favor got you and you feel totally incompetent. 
how did I end up here? What on earth am I doing in this position? Why on earth are people asking me what God's saying? Why are people looking to me for some form of leadership or some form of help? And God is saying, it's the Spirit in you that you now need to call to the forefront. Spirit lead. It's not Sam lead. It is Spirit lead. And favor, when unusual favor comes to you, then requires that that song Spirit Break Out, you don't sing it externally, you sing it internally. I actually think it's a song to us more than anything. It is not Spirit Break Out, some here ethereal. It's Spirit, you better break out of me and break my walls down. You better lead because I don't have what this assignment takes, even though it's the space that favor brought me to. Isaiah 9 verse 7, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The New King James Version, you are going to know what it is to work in this realm where there is a zeal of the Lord to accomplish something and the Lord is saying you're going to have to start to ask this year, not just for revival fires, but for all of you guys individually. Here's the key question, is there zeal of God to accomplish this task? Do I feel the zeal of God behind this? Is God turning up to back it? Because if we're honest, who can be doing with more wasted energy? I think continually we are so desensitized to favor that we put our energy behind something and God's just not over it. And God is saying, apply your energy to the spaces where I am applying my favor. He says this year, Find favor because when favor moves and you do not follow it, you rely on a method rather than on Holy Spirit momentum. I believe that particularly for England and for the church in England, the Lord is saying there is favor for endings. And God is marking this year as a distinct ending and a distinct beginning of a season. And the Lord is saying, you're getting the omega part of my character before you get the alpha part of my character. You're getting endings before there are full beginnings. And I heard the Lord say, there is a beauty in completion and ending and finishing this year. Do not be frightened of endings For the Lord says one of the most honoring and courageous things you can do this year at this door is to admit that some things just didn't work and will not work and you will stop trying to make them work. And the Lord says it is okay to not just open a door but to close a door says the Lord and to bring some things to definitive ends. For the Spirit of the Lord says is it not that I close doors to position you for miracles? And I sometimes think as prophets, we get really hit up about closed doors because we think that every door should be open to us. And the Lord says, look at the paralyzed man. A closed door repositioned him for his miracle. He couldn't get in the room. The door was shut. So he ascended to a higher place and the closed door actually got him to the space where he needed to be for Jesus to change his life. The Lord says, stop worrying when doors are closed in your face because they might be the hand of God where I'm actually maneuvering you into the right space where you can receive from Christ your miracle. Favor closes doors as well as opens them. Say to your neighbor, God is closing some doors. And you better be happy about that. Tell them. Say to your other neighbor, get excited. God is about to shut some doors. Close doors, open doors. Close doors, open doors. And the Lord says this. Some of you right now, some of this is a word right into the core of your being, need to leave guilt 
behind of some things that did not work last year. And the Lord says, you just need to leave guilt and shame that some things seem to fall flat and get a dream again for what your present and your future will look like. For the Spirit of the Lord says, if you partner with me in endings, I will partner with you in beginnings, says the Lord. And the Lord says, come to me with fresh eyes, for you thought you understood some things, but look again, there is more to see. And the Lord says, it is okay to look and look again, because I'm doing more than you think. I'm moving differently than you think. And the Spirit of the Lord says, in endings, in this first six-week period of the year, I will kill confusion over your future. And I will give you the gift of clarity, says the Lord. Some of you just need to say, that's mine. Because this is the year where you will truly know the rhythms of only doing what you see the Father doing. And the Lord says, it's in this year where I will give to you an acute ability to see the big picture and the details, oh hallelujah, I need that as well. And the Lord is saying, I will not leave you wondering what your call is. The Lord says, this year again, you will see and you will move, and there will be a sureness inside of you that you know your assignment, that you know where there's favor, and you know where there isn't favor, and you will watch for favor, and you will see it move, and you will have the courage to pursue it, and to leave some things behind. And the Lord says, I break confusion. So raise your hands. He says, I break confusion and the power of confusion. And the Lord says, you get right now a new clarity of sight and of revelation to see the future, to see new jobs, to see new connections, to see new opportunities, to see new financial streams, to see new businesses, to see new churches, to see new ministries the Lord is saying I lose right now an ability to see in the name of Jesus and the Lord is saying I am killing in Jesus name guilt you're just going to have to go well that didn't work good learn that didn't go to plan good learn And stop letting guilt steal your experimental, pioneering, trailblazing, cutting edge. The whole point of pioneering is that you'll probably pioneer in the wrong direction sometimes. Oh, I don't think that was quite right. We got too excited. Reverse, reverse, reverse. This direction is the right way. And if you constantly allow yourself to get guilty over experimenting with the Spirit of God, you will rob from yourself the spirit of adventure that God wants to keep alive in you. I believe that God has brought you through, and I don't know your last seasons individually or as a church, but I believe that God is saying to you, I have brought you through. I have brought you, hear the word of the Lord, I have brought you through. And now the Lord says, you stand on level ground. And the Lord says this, you stand on level ground, and I have brought you through, and I have brought you to a time of profound opportunity. I think it's actually quite easy to know what to do when things aren't going well. Like some of you have lived in just such cycles of testing and pressing that actually you're probably quite an expert. I know what to do when the season is tough because it's how you live. I think it's harder when God brings you through and he brings you to a place of opportunity because you've so learned to think survival thoughts, we just need to get through this, that you've not thought expansion thoughts, we just need to build and grow. And the thing is, 
when God brings you through and he brings you to, the first thing he challenges you with is a question of, well, what are you going to build? What now are you going to do? I brought you through and I brought you Two, what are you going to shape? What now on this level ground are you going to birth? And the Lord says this, I have brought you through and I have brought you to. I have tested you and I have examined you. I have shaken you and I have shocked the religion out of you. But now on this ground, what are you going to build with me, says the Lord? For you have been refined and you have been reduced to a great state of shining before me, says the Lord. But now, he says, we're not in the days of survival. We're in the days of expansion where you need to think differently. You need to think better. You need elevated thinking, says the Lord, where you think beyond getting through and you now think the thoughts of building, says the Lord. There's a great difference in the mindset of I just need to get through this into actually I have something in my hands to build. I have assignment on my shoulders of something I need to do. It is a very different thing. Because survival is very much about ravens in the wilderness. Daily provision. And actually some of you quite like that. But the expansion place is about the promised land where there is seed in your hand, there is milk and honey, and you now have responsibility. You now have responsibility for your life and your provision and for what God has put on your shoulders. It's a leadership thought. It's a leadership thought. And the first of I need to get through this requires smallness, a smallness of thinking and even of faith. Yet the bigness of God is inviting you into the bigness of his plan for this era of time. And there is a wild pioneer that lives inside of this land. And I felt this this undercurrent of pioneering in the West Midlands. I would not pick the West Midlands as a place for pioneering in terms of the the, the different cities and towns that are here. But I feel like there is ancient pioneering deep, deep down. There is a wild pioneer that lives inside of you, those of you who live here particularly, and in you there is a part of you that God is starting to resurrect where you will stride forward this year to be different and to raise up a challenge to the status quo. And the Lord says, just for clarity, this is not a sit and settle time because that will annoy you. The Lord says, it is a season for adventure again where you will color outside of the lines. And the Lord says, I will do a significant blasting away of the boxes that you have lived in. And God is close to you as his pioneers again in a way that you have and we have not seen again. And the Lord is saying, I give you a gift again this year. It is the gift of adventure. It's a season of adventure. It's a season of adventure. And the Lord is saying, I'm spinning you again to face adventure. And the Lord is saying, I'm shifting the anointing from survival to adventure. And the Lord is saying, I will make some things deliberately a challenge to help you. Not to test you, but to help you. To help you not settle. To agitate you to come up higher. And the Lord says, see that I will challenge you so that I provoke you to lead and to pioneer differently, says the Lord. So I want you to lay a hand on your head and just say, I receive the mindset of adventure. Give to me the mindset of adventure. I need the mindset of adventure for this season. So, favor, adventure. The third thing that you are going to need this year is grit. Your key leadership ingredient this year is not your knowledge or your skill. It's not even your driving desire. 
It's your grittiness. The grit that gives you a bounce back, that enables you to thrive in the face of adversity. And the Lord is saying there is a gritty mindset that knows that leadership and life can be at times is incredibly difficult, but is not bothered by it. And the Lord is saying, I want to give to you the grit of Isaiah 50 verse 7. I will not be disgraced because the Lord helps me. So I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. And there is an anointing for grit, a flint-faced anointing for persistence where you become like flint. That is a substance, a rock used to start fires. It's sturdy, sturdy, it's rigid, it's not easily destroyed. That's got to be you. You're meant to be sturdy and rigid and difficult in the face of the enemy to be moved. You're meant to be not easily destroyed. You're meant to be gritty. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to raise you up as gritty leaders, those who are persistent and those who are defiant in the face of the enemy. And he says this, I'm going to give you the grit of Jeremiah. And with this, I will land. Jeremiah 25, three to six, says this. From the 13th year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, right up to the present day. 23 years it's been, and God's word has come to me. And from early each morning to late every night, I pass it on to you, and you have not listened to a word of it. Sounds like a bit of a miserable existence, doesn't it? For 23 years, Jeremiah got up every morning and listened to God's word. For 23 years, Jeremiah got up every morning and spoke his word to his people. For 23 years, the people slept in sluggish and ignorant, and they heard nothing. Yet for 23 years, Jeremiah still got up every morning, ready to speak the word of the Lord. And this one Hebrew word that becomes the hallmark of Jeremiah's heart through his book is the word hashkem, which means persistently grit. And it's littered throughout the book. Jeremiah 7 13, while you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again. Hashkem, persistently. Jeremiah eleven seven. from the time I brought your ancestors up from Egypt until today, I warned them again and again. Hashkem, persistently. It is all throughout the book. And Jeremiah, he faces mockery. He faces rejection. He pr- faces imprisonment. He wrestles with discouragement. He wrestles with exhaustion. He thought many times that he wanted to quit. Yet the next morning, say the next morning every morning he was up again before the dawn living persistently living urgently he was gritty and he was not going to back down and Jeremiah gets up before the sun to do his work and there's no reluctance there's no boredom in his assignment even though sometimes it feels the same and 23 years later he continues to rise ready every day with an anticipation to listen to God's word and then speak God's word he he lived persistently he lived with grit and this year you're going to need gritty persistent leadership and the Lord is saying I'm not looking for the perfected I'm not looking for the highly skilled to be qualified as leaders I'm not looking for the well studied and I'm not looking for the well trained I'm not looking for those who have decades of a catalogue of experience in the, in the realm of management and leadership I'm looking for those who are gritty and I'm looking for those who are persistent who like Jeremiah will not back down at every path passing wave and blowing wind of resistance and adversity. But each morning, every morning, will rise with anticipation to enter into the story that I want to write through them and the nations. The Lord says, your qualification mark this year, he says, is not skill, it's grit. Because the Lord says this, grit is how you apply favor. Grit is how you apply favor. Stand to your feet, my family. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I release to you a flint-faced anointing. 
<laughs> where you start to wake up and to define the day and not let the day to define you. And the Lord says it is a season for those who define the day and are not defined by the day. And the Lord says, I am raising up face like flint people who choose persistence who live like Jeremiah with a gritty earthy defiance in the face of the enemy and in the face of adversity and the Lord says there is a strength right now that I am putting in your bones and in your physical frame to not be so easily tossed aside as you were in the previous year and the Lord says you are called to be defiant you are called to be defiant in the face of resistance and the Lord says receive right now gritty defiant leadership capabilities where you follow favor you live with adventure but you apply favor by your leadership grit could you just lay a hand on someone next to you and just for 30 seconds I want you to release grit to them. I know it's an odd thing to release but I release, I release you to be gritty this year. I call you to be gritty this year. Compremente. Gritty leadership, gritty leadership, gritty leadership. Hombre sempre de del modramamada. And then finally to this house, 30 second prophetic word. I don't know if you have um, intercessors or watchmen or prayer people here um, who are called that way, but if you are, can you just push to the front or push to the aisles so I can see you? If you're a part of Revival Fires and you have something to do with prayer and worship, intercession, watchmen, your prayer people, press forward. You just, just so I can see you, it's, uh, I'm not going to be able to minister to you all, but just so I can see you, Sharon, you have a particular call in unlocking some of this, not necessarily leading it on the ground, but there's an ability to go into the realm to unlock some of this. I heard the Lord say, as I woke up this morning, new, and this is, let me speak it over the nation and then speak it into you guys. I heard him say, it's a new dawn and a new day for day and night prayer and worship in the nation. And the Lord said this to me, I am not renewing the 24-7 prayer movement. I am birthing a whole new one, says the Lord. And the Lord caught me up to a viewing platform in heaven and he started to pull historic and modern prayer movements into view. The Moravians, whose century-long prayer meetings sent hundreds of missionaries to nations. Reese Howell's Blue Room, where day and night intercessors stabilized the nation. Azusa Street that gathered around revival for three years. Jonathan Edwards, who stewarded continuous prayer for years in Massachusetts. I saw IHOP KC, I know it's in controversy now, but truly they stewarded and contended for day and night, worship for 21 years with intercession. There's 24-7 prayer in the UK who steward social justice through continuous prayers. So many prayer movements with the most remarkable legacy and glory. And God turned to me and he looked at all of them with me and he said this, these we're all preparatory for what I now want to do with people who love to pray in the nation. And the Lord says you stand on the foundations of each of these movements and now a new prayer movement is about to come forth. And the Lord took me over Britain and flashed lights over different churches and ministries and you were one of them. And the Lord says this, I am about to birth a new prayer movement and the Lord says it will not be called 24-7 prayer because prayer is not meant to fit your calendar the Lord says I call this new movement ceaseless 
prayer. And the Lord says in Britain, you will watch as ceaseless prayer starts to rise and even go to the nations. And it will never stop, never pause, never cease. And the Lord says, it will not be about filling our slots, but it will be about securing the future in the heavenlies, says the Lord. And the Lord says, in this house, I have marked you for a certain sort of prayer where prayer and worship will not be two separate entities but will be one whole piece and the Lord says I will birth a model of ceaseless prayer here that will be marked by wonder worship, warfare and harvest, a four strand cord, wonder worship, warfare and harvest and the Lord says even watch as some of your prayer meetings and prayer clips will go viral even on the internet because the Lord says I will even in the West Midlands I will start to transform pulpits into prayer altars, church halls into whims of intercession and schools and universities office blocks and boardrooms, prayer altars shall be raised and the Lord says as prayer becomes central then it shall go viral. And the Spirit of God says for the intercessors and watchmen, my gift is strength for the next decade. And the Lord says, I am empowering and equipping a new type of prayer where it is not as hard as it was before. And Sharon, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this, daughter, you have known the worship and the war of the sword, but now you're going to know the war of the scepter, where you had to fight in arm-to-arm combat in the heavenlies. Now the Lord says, I am putting a royal scepter in your hand, where you you will not fight as you did in a previous season, but the Lord says, you will command and victory shall follow. And the Lord says, daughter, it's not the season for the sword, it's the season for the scepter. He says, you fought, now you will rule. You fought, now you will rule, says the Lord. And he says, you will not raise your sword, you will raise the scepter. And the Lord says, you will see in prayer a new ease and command Commanding victory and establishing the kingdom as you come out of the I break this in Jesus' name, I stop that in Jesus' name, into the ascended rulership place I'm taking you to. If I command this to happen in the name of Jesus, and there is no resistance to it. So in Jesus' name, revival fires. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.